I'm Dave from Incremental Gains. Welcome to the webinar. Thanks for signing on. Thanks for watching. Whether you're watching this live or you're watching it already recorded. Thank you very much. So we're going to look today at talking about mindset. Mindset's a topic that has come up quite a bit recently, especially with the epidemic, with COVID, everything that's happening. All the talk is about changing your mindset. It's easier said than done. You might not even know what we mean when we talk about mindsets. We're going to look at what mindset is. I'm going to tell you a personal story about how I introduced mindset and stuff into my life and my circumstances. We're going to look at tips and tricks as to what you can do. And then ultimately, once you've got that information, it's up to you to go away and implement it into your life. But don't worry. I'm going to be there to help you. All right. There's going to be a few slides in this presentation. And I'm also going to be sharing my screen with you for the iPad to draw some diagrams. So let's get into it. So mindset, what do we mean when we talk about mindset? So the definition of mindset, what I've written down here, an established set of attitudes. So you could also call your mindset your attitude. You know, when you're younger and your mom or your dad or whoever's caring for you says you've got a really bad attitude. And then as we grow older, we don't really use that phrase anymore, do we? You've got a really bad attitude, you. We talk about mindset. Your mindset is what your attitude is. So you can look at it as an attitude, an attitude in any given set of circumstances. So what's your attitude been around changing jobs, around having a relationship breakdown? What's your attitude been surrounding all the news and the stories surrounding the epidemic we find ourselves in? So your attitude can also be your mindset. So mindset. Have you ever wondered why some people deal with challenges and adversity better than other people? Well, that's ultimately going to come down to your mindset, your attitude in any given set of circumstances. We're going to look at how, from a young age, things that happen and events are going to affect your mindset and your attitude as you progress on in life. So we take for granted stuff that happens to us as children, as young adults. We think that it won't affect us later on down the line, but it does. And it can be anything. It can be the small things as well. So we're going to look at that. We're going to look at how I was influenced very early on to look at mindset. And I became very interested in it, looking at the Stoics and how I implemented it into my life. A live example. And we're going to look at ways and strategies that you could start to essentially look at life through a different lens. Stoicism. I got into Stoicism and I was introduced to Stoicism probably around 2012. And it was, it was like everybody, I was listening to podcasts, reading books. And Tim Ferriss and Ryan Holiday specifically, um, I was introduced to their books and their work talking about Stoics and Stoicism. Now, we're not going to get into the, the history of Stoicism too much, but it was founded in early Greece. Philosophers used to stand on doorsteps, um, hence the name Stoa. That's what it comes from, like a doorway into a house, a porch, standing on porches, putting the world to rights. But it was 2,000 years ago. Now, 2,000 years ago, philosophers 
generals, emperors, were discussing ideas and struggles and worries that we still with still deal with today. Stoicism, so much so, because it's so integral and it's still repeating the same things that we worry about now, it's influenced cognitive behavioral therapy is actually influenced by stoicism. So you can see how we start to build up a picture of how important the stuff that they were talking about back then, how relative that is now. So I was introduced to stoicism as a, a way of a practical way of dealing with the pressures and the stresses and the strains of life. Very early on, inspired by probably one of the main Stoics, when you look at who were the main players involved in Stoicism, you look at Marcus Aurelius, you look at Seneca, Epictetus, and there's a few others. The main players, and you've probably already heard of them, Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius was the leader of the Roman Empire often referred to as the philosopher king or the philosopher emperor. He led the Roman army. He was at that point, 2000 years ago, he was the equivalent of the president of the United States, the most powerful man in the world at the time. Now, Marcus Aurelius was heavily influenced by the writings of Epictetus, who was a slave and who through stoic practice and these um, concepts and ideas that aren't philosophical, philosophically easy for me to say, I can't get any words out. There wasn't, they needed, didn't need a lot of interpretation like some of the philosophy that goes on now. It's heavily steeped in interpretation, whereas Stoicism was quite objective, ways of coping. And a lot of it came down to everything is internal. So you look at things you can and can't control. We have very little control over external events. We have a lot of control over what goes on in the internal, inside the mind, the way we perceive information. And we're going to be coming onto this in a big way in a, in a minute. So I started to look at Stoicism and particularly the book of Meditations. Now, it's not an easy read. It's one of them books that you can pick up, read a few passages and, um, and revisit it another day. But the beauty of it is, is Marcus Aurelius, like I said, he was the most important man back in the day in the world. And he kept a journal and he written down his thoughts and his observations about life and how to be a better person, how to be a better man, and ultimately how to be a better human. And he written down a journal, questioning his thoughts and having arguments with himself. And this journal was never meant for publication. 2,000 years later, we find ourselves reading said journal in the meditations. Now, this book I've recently just learned was the most bought book throughout this recent epidemic in 2020 and 21. So you can see how the stuff that we're talking about and we're going to talk about and the, what Marcus talks about and Seneca and Epictetus really resonates with people in this current, current climate. So I'm obviously preaching to the converted by doing this webinar. It's not all about stoicism, but that's where this early influence and my early learning around mindset came from. Now, mindset. I recently joined a coaching program. I paid to play. I was looking for something to take me to the next level business-wise. 
So I ended up joining a program with a guy called Paul Mort. What I learned, and I joined this course with, again, naivete, maybe a little bit of ego involved. The mindset and the business aspects were two separate entities in this training course. And I thought, I don't need the mindset. I'm good with that. I'm good to go. I want to learn about business, how to grow business. Business being the skill set, I already assumed I had the mindset. I was wrong. Boy, was I wrong. My mindset was a barrier to what I wanted to go and achieve. And I'll talk about this shortly. But I am motivated. I'm a motivated person. I'm driven. I'm intrinsically driven. I don't need other people's, um, people's praise to go on and do things. I'm internally motivated. I'm good at switching situations around for my advantage. But I didn't know the half of it. Mindset is integral if you want to go and achieve any level of success in terms of your goals and your definition of success. What is your definition of success? You need to answer that question for yourself. So the basic ideas around stoicism is that things are internally, are things that you can control are your thoughts and your actions. External events are very rarely in your control. So why worry about them? There are 7 billion people on this planet, roughly. 7 billion people and 7 billion perceptions of reality. I'm going to say that again. 7 billion perceptions of reality. Our senses, eyes, auditory, smells, proprioception, taste, is not reality. Yeah, you might want to you might want to think about that for a second. It's only a perception of reality. So, seven billion people on the planet each have their own view of the world, their own perception of reality. I have my own perception of reality, my own point of view, my own frame of reference. You listening to this will have your own perception of reality. It isn't actually re actual reality. It's your perception of reality. We're going to discuss more about how we build up this perception of reality shortly. But I want you to just sit with that idea for a minute. That on this place we call Earth, this planet, everyone has got the everyone is seeing the world through a different lens. Hence, why we go back to the original question: why some people face challenges, some people thrive in uncertainty, and others don't comes down to the way you view the world comes down to your attitude comes down to your mindset some people will see it and it's a basic example very basic example some people will see a glass half full some people will see a glass half empty we're going to revisit this slide again at the end 
Now, I'm going to share something else because I want to really explain. I really want to explain this perception of reality thing because it's really interesting. And I came across this model in Will Stores. The science of storytelling. Now let's see if the iPod's playing ball. Sorry, the iPod's playing ball. I think it is. I think it is. Are we on? Are we on? Are we on? Yes. Yes. So fantastic. Fantastic. Technology now, eh? Right. So what happens very early on when I talk about this perception of reality? So what we know is from the ages of well, don't like that pen. What are we doing here? From the ages of around north to 18 years. That's when everything that happens in our life, event, any events that happen to us, events that happen to us, any information we take in, whether that's through the tele, through magazines, through books, and any influences that we come across, our parents essentially, friends, relatives, all these things, events, things that happen in the world, events that have happened to you on a personal basis within the family, all the information, stuff that you consume from the tele, podcasts, YouTube, Opinions, your family's opinions, your family's politics, where you got brought up, what class system you see yourself in, what ethnic background you're from, the culture you grew up in. All this stuff forms your identity. You build up an identity throughout all this information. All right? And through your identity, all the information that's coming along Builds up, builds up your reality or your perception of reality. Yeah. So all the information comes in. We input the events that are happening through our senses, eyes, ears, palate, all this information, and it builds. Our brains at this point of what we call, and I don't really want to spell it, but I'll try my best. Neuro, neuroplasticity. Our brains are malleable. All this information that comes in is changing like plasticine, it's molding our sense of identity and ultimately our model of the world, the way we see the world. Now, something interesting happens. Once we get roughly to 18 to 20 years of age, roughly, they don't know exactly what the age this happens, but 
in the book, he refers to 18 to 20. Now, what happens here? Is at that age, our brain stops being molded, yeah, and it becomes fixed. So, all that neuroplasticity, all that molding and shaping from the events that happened to us early on in life, once we reach, call it 20 years of age, ballpark figure. It stops, it becomes fixed. It can no longer be changed. With work, it can, but you have your identity. You have who you perceive yourself to be. You have your ego and you have your model of the world. What happens from now on, after that age, the events that happen, The information you take in influences that you have they no longer shape your perception of reality they no longer shape your model of the world instead when an event happens you make the meaning fit your reality. So an event no longer molds and shapes your reality. You make the event fit your model of the world. So the lens that you've created, the pair of glasses that you've put on, imagine that's fixed now. So you grew up years one to 18, you see in the world, it's changing everything. At 18, you put a pair of glasses on and that's the way you see the world forever. All right, basic example. Something happens and now you see it through the lens and you make it fit your model of the world, the way you think things should be. You no longer see it through a fresh pair of eyes. I think it's really important to, to really hammer home this idea that we see things now, they don't shape us. We make it fit. We give a meaning to the event. So it fits within our already established model of the world. So let's just summarize that. So events, information, influences through our senses create through neuroplasticity, through plasticine, through bending, through molding, they shape our identity and the way we see the world, the way we see events. At a certain age, 18 to 20 years of age, our model of the world becomes fixed. And just adding to it doesn't make any difference. You, you don't add to it, it's already fixed. Now there's a line you underneath it. Well, then anything that happens post 18 to 20 years of age, we make the event fit our model of the world. So we view the event through a pair of glasses, through a lens, a fixed lens. Does that make sense? Even that in itself is an important concept to get your head around. I hope I've not confused you.
What's your biggest take home from this 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 particular slide? I just want to make sure we're on the same level. So it makes sense, yeah? So we talk about model of the world, our perception, how we perceive information. I like to use an analogy to, to drum on this example of we all see the world through a different perception is looking at the example of boxing. Massive boxing fan, UFC boxing. Now, a boxing match, two guys or girls in the ring and a judge, three judges, one on a, on a side of the ring. Yeah, so you have. Now, you've probably seen or watched a boxing match when the, the decision looks a little bit dodgy. It's like, how's that judge seeing that fight in that way? Well, sometimes the judge might only see the back of someone. So when a punch comes, he doesn't see the contact. He doesn't see the damage that's done. He might see it as a miss because he can't actually see the punch connection. The angle might be different. So each judge is looking at a different fight, essentially. Each judge has got their own angle, their own point of view. So imagine that is extrapolate that out to the 7 billion people on the planet. We're all looking at life, life through a lens, not to um, refer to a Robbie Williams album. Some of you might not even know who Robbie Williams is, depending on your age, but life through a lens, Robbie Williams. So we're looking at a life through a lens. We're looking at life from a different side of the boxing ring. The perception of what we're seeing is our view of reality. It's not actually, you've got what's happening in the ring and then you've got what the judges are seeing on the outside of the ring. None of them particularly are seeing exactly what's happening, fact for fact, but they're seeing it through what they can see on their corner of the ring. And that's what we do in life. We see the world through our side of the boxing ring. Yes, that is a HGV lawyer. I'm going to talk you through a little bit now about an example where I adopted a certain mindset. It wasn't working out for me. And then through the lessons that I've learned through reading, through coaching, how I came to see it in a different light. So we'll start off with, I came out of the... Um, MOD police in 2015, served 11 years in the Ministry of Defence Police, came out, um, the first thing I needed to do was to get a job. I lived 200 miles away down in Reading and I moved back up north to the northwest. All the problems that are associated with that, finding a job, moving home, you can imagine going for job interviews, trying to organise, um, getting a mortgage, paying the bills. There's a million and one problems that were up in the air. The number one priority though was getting a job so I could pay the bills. So I decided to do my HGV driving course. So I did the course. Three or four months later, I'm back up north, back in St. Helens, and I get a HGV job, happy days. 
yeah, I was made up. I was able to provide provide an income, pay for the mortgage, put food on the table, job done. Yeah, it got me foot in the door. Very soon, things started to go a bit downhill in terms of the job. It wasn't for me. I got my ACB license because I thought there'd be plenty of work around um, and it's something I've always got to fall back on. But the job just wasn't for me. It was long hours, starting early, finishing late. Sometimes you didn't know what you were gonna, what time you were gonna finish. So again, my frame of reference, my point of view, I always, I always knew I was gonna finish at a certain time in a job. So it took me a while to get my head around that. So I was very negative with that. The people I was working with, there was a lot of complaining, a lot of negativity, because you were expected to just get out, deliver. If you come back when it's all done, we might give you some more to do. Yeah, you were governed obviously by driving hours, but essentially you were out there as long as you could be. Sometimes you were tired, you were driving tired, you were driving hungry, working through breaks. There was a lot of negativity in the company. I didn't enjoy it. I took the job home with me. So I was constantly worrying about what I was going to have to do the day after. I was also a new HTV driver. So that carried its, that brought more nerve in itself. I was transporting some money around because it was a cash in transit job. That caused a little bit more stress. My training went downhill because I was getting on tight, I wasn't exercising, I wasn't being out in nature, I wasn't implementing all the things that I do now. At the time, we're gonna to refer to this a bit later on, but at the time I had a very fixed mindset. I hated the job, I hated the people I worked with, I hated the hours, I couldn't wait to leave. That's where we're going to leave this slide. We're going to revisit this slide. Once I've gone through the lessons and the things that I learned and the strategies I put in place, we'll refer back to the story for part two. So I've already talked a little bit about it. We have a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. So a fixed mindset was very much what I was in in the HTV driving job. Fixed mindset. Hated the job. Long hours, didn't know when I was going to finish. They have you going from one job to the next. No real opportunity to go anywhere promotion-wise whatsoever. I didn't like the company. I didn't like the people I worked for. Didn't like the job. I didn't really socialise within the work environment. I was very much coming to work, getting me wagging, do me jobs, come back, job done, go home. So a fixed mindset, setting your ways, not open to change, and therefore by default, not open to new opportunities. A good book, if you're interested, is Mindset by Carol Dweck. So the influences, it's certainly one of the influences on this presentation, but it goes deeper into the, the actual psychology and the, the neuro 
whatever the word for it is, how everything works in the brain around this fixed and growth mindset. So let's just go back. Well, growth mindset, we'll be looking at things like, what can I do in this situation? We ultimately, and again, through stoicism, if we're in a situation when we find ourselves in, we can do one of three things. We can walk away from the situation. We can change the situation or we can accept the situation. Now, in my driving job, there was no other jobs at the time. I took the first job that came along. I needed it to pay the mortgage. At the time, I could not leave and, and get out. I couldn't walk away. Yeah, we needed to earn money. I couldn't walk away. Could I change where I was? I couldn't change the way I was. I was one of the few HTV drivers. There was only two HTV runs. You work on your own and you can't change the job. The job is what it is. It was collecting money. So I had to ultimately accept. Now, once you accept, then it's all about how you change your mindset. It's a choice. It's a choice. You could choose to have a fixed mindset. You can choose to have a growth mindset. It comes down to how do you want to feel? There's nothing more important than how we feel. Why would you want to be miserable all the time? And you've got a choice. You can. You might be listening to this now going, you're full of shit, Dave. This is happening. It's easy for you. This is, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm going through. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. It's the lens you see things through. But don't get it wrong. I've not always... I'm going to explain now how I turned that view around of the job that I was in. But I've not always had this view. Like I said, I was struggling in that SUV. I had this fixed mindset and it was affecting my health, affecting me mentally. If I didn't have such a supportive... Now, wife was my girlfriend at the time. It may have affected my, my relationships with her. But she supported me through it. Yes, it helps to have a support network around you. But it boils down to the lens that you see things through your mindset, your attitude. Another way of looking at growth and fixed mindset. So in a fixed mindset, things are always happening to me. Things are always happening to me and you're blaming other people because of these things that are happening to you. Yeah. You think you know it all, you know better than them. You're blaming other people. Things are happening to you. The growth mindset, however, we start to look at things that things are happening for you. They're not happening to you. You are not a victim. That's the first thing that I would say, get out of the habit of. Is having a victim mentality. A victim mentality. Anytime you become offended by something, you can choose not to be offended. You have that choice. Quickly, as a slight digression, one of my favourite parts of Marcus Aurelius' meditations, it's only a small 
small um, sentence. And I'm paraphrasing it because I can't remember the exact word, but he says about, really, we talk about physical assault. You would not walk down the street and let someone punch you in the face, kick you in the leg, push you over, stamp on you. You would not let that happen. Whether you could defend yourself or not, you would not just let that happen by free will. But yet we'll do it with the mind. We will have an argument with someone on the way to work or someone cuts us up in traffic on the way to work in the morning or someone ignores us on the corridor at college. And we carry that around with us for the rest of the day. An aggravated customer on the phone first thing in the morning. We go on Facebook and compare ourselves to other people first thing in the morning before we've even spoken to our, our partner next to us in bed. We check our phone and check Flakebook before we even check in with our partner. So we already start this cycle of negativity, toxicity, comparison through the rest of the day. We've essentially let someone kick and punch us in the middle of the street. We wouldn't let someone do it to our physical body, but we let someone do it to our mind. So in a growth mindset, things are happening for us. They are opportunities for us to do something with. We look at things through a gratitude lens, like the pair of glasses that we've put there on the slide. The way you look at things, the frame that you look at things through, the lens affects how you see the world, which affects your reality, which affects your behaviour, which will affect every aspect of your life. That's how you will see some people deal with adversity and challenge better than others. The lens and the filter that they see life through. And essentially it's through these if you see things as a for me, things are happening for me, things of gratitude. And another important one is see things as a teacher. So you can, your enemy can teach you things. The person who, who you hate's a strong word, but we have, sometimes we, we're not very keen on people, but there's a lesson there. They're teaching, they can teach you a lesson. Something I learned recently was Waiting a very long time for, I think it was an appointment or um, an item to be delivered. Not quite frustrated, but I remembered and I tried to come back to this gratitude and this, what is this trying to teach me? Well, it was just teaching me to be patient. Like with this COVID epidemic, look at it, look at it from this perspective. It's happening for you to maybe spend more time with your kids. It's happening for you to maybe get a handle on your health. Pubs aren't open. You can't spend all day in the pub on a Saturday watching sports, away from your family, away from your kids. Maybe it's happening for you to stop smoking. Maybe it's happening for you to stop the daily gossip in the office. Maybe it's happening for you to create some online content, to get your taxes done. See it as happening for you. Use it from the grateful, gratefulness. What can you be grateful about what's happening now? And what's the lesson from it? There are three ways in which you can immediately adopt 
a growth mindset. Hey, we're back again with the XGV. So now let me look, let me explain to you how I changed my mindset with my driving job by adopting the growth mindset. So as I said before, I fucking hated the job. I didn't socialize. I didn't like the people I was working with. Everyone was negative. Everyone was a mood hoover, which by the way, by default, makes me a negative person as well. I was avoiding them because I thought they were negative, which really makes me negative. I'm saying negative things about them and avoiding them because I don't like negativity. But by default, that makes me negative. <laughs> Interesting concept. So I hated the people. I didn't socialize. I just wanted to get in there, get done. I didn't like the company. They had me working all hours. So I changed my mindset. I changed the way I looked at this job. I changed the lens that I viewed the job through. So what did the job give me? The job was working for me. Yeah. The job was working for me to pay me mortgage. The job was working for me to be able to get me a foothold back up north. The job was working for me to go on holiday every year. The job was working for me to put food on the table, to buy clothes, to go out for evening meals. I was grateful for the job for all them things as well. I was grateful for the job because it gave me time. You're probably aware driving a wagon on your own, you're on your own for 12 hours a day, 13 hours a day in your cab. It gave me time. I was grateful for the job because it gave me time to listen to podcasts, listen to audio books. Those who've those who were familiar with uh, a lot of incremental gains content, podcasts and audiobooks and reading is a massive, massive part of, of my model of the world and where I get a lot of my views and tactics and strategies from. So I was grateful for the job because it gave me time to learn, give me time to listen to podcasts and audiobooks, give me time to come up with ideas how to start up a side hustle, how to start up my own um, companies. It gave me time to mold my blogs. I was writing blogs at the time. What were the lessons while I was learning? The road systems. Yeah, that might sound shit and that might sound boring, but We've got to dial down and think about what are the lessons that I'm learning. I'm learning how to navigate motorways. Every day I was learning how to drive an HGV wagon. That directly, that experience directly correlates to the way I drive now. I have a greater touch wood awareness of traffic and driving because of my experiences driving HGV. Look for the lessons <clears throat> in the situation. Don't get it wrong, I'm not saying... I'm perfect, but I'm giving you an example now so you can try and relate it to your own um, the, your own aspects, what you want to try and work on. 
the lessons were. They need to learn to maybe take orders better. Essentially, the job was going, delivering, point to point, little local runs, drop off, pick up, drop off. That was the job. And I was whinging and moaning and being negative about the fact that they want me out on the road doing my job. That was the job. I was moaning about doing the job that I was expected to do. Like I said, I couldn't walk away. I couldn't change that, but I could look through it through a different lens. So I adopted the for me. It's happening for me to do X, Y, and Z. It's happening for me to learn why I'm driving. I'm grateful that it's given me all these things that I can provide for my family. I can go on holiday. And what was it teaching me? It was teaching me to deal with negative people. It was teaching me to not let the mood hoovers you're dealing with in work on a regular basis affect my mindset. It was teaching me the road systems. There were always lessons to be learned in everything. You've just got to try and try and pick them out. But by adopting this growth mindset, I think you'll I think you'll be able to do that. I said we would refer back to the view of the world, the planet, 7 billion people on the planet. And what I want to leave you with today is when we spoke about 10, sorry, 7 billion people, each with their own view of reality, each with their own perception of reality, each with their own point of view. It'd be fucking hard work to try and change everybody's outlook. To change everybody's reality to fit yours. When essentially you only have to change one person. You only have to change one person's mindset. And that's your own. Without getting too esoteric about it and spiritual about it. But we're in a unique position when we look at mindset. We can create our own reality. Our own experience of reality. We we are in charge of that. We can control that. We can control how we see things. I recently learned, I did a podcast on it, a review of the book 200% by Arjuna Ashaya. In the book, he talks about if you are grateful for everything that you have in your life right now, grateful for your family, grateful for your friends, grateful for your, your home, grateful for the cup of coffee you can have, grateful for the food, grateful for your dog, grateful for the carpet under your feet, everything. If you are grateful for everything that you have in your life at the moment in time, you might not be in the best job in the world, your, your ideal job, but if you are grateful for that, for everything you have in your life, then everything that has happened up to this point was meant to be because you are grateful and you're happy with everything that you've got in your life at this moment in time. So they talk about wealth. 
wealth. The definition of wealth is the perception of abundance. I learned that off Paul Mart. If you perceive to have enough, to be grateful for everything you've got, to have enough in your life, then you are by definition welfare, the perception of enough, the perception of abundance. <clears throat> you can create your own reality just by changing the mindset and changing the lens that you view the world through. If that's all right, I just want to leave you. And I want to tell you if that's okay about what we're trying to create at Incremental Gains. Now, I know quite well, you're going to turn off this presentation, you're going to think there's some wicked information there, some wicked information, I can really adopt that into my life. Well, the sad thing is, unfortunately, you're probably not going to do it. I had all this information. I had read a lot of this information previously. And I didn't implement it. Why did I not implement it? Why will you not implement it into your life? And it's simple. You either don't have access to the information, which you've just had all, all the information, so you either don't have access to it, You've not got someone keeping you accountable or you've not got a peer group. That's why you're ultimately not going to carry on and do this and use these strategies. We've got good news for you, though. Incremental Gains have created a platform managing change called Flip the Script. So click the link below. It'll take you to the landing page. We created a six module learning platform all about how to handle and deal with uncertainty and the stress that life brings. We've broken it down into six modules. We're gonna help you create the environment for change. So going over some of the tools and the strategies that we've spoke about now, we tell you how to change, we show you how to change your state within an instant by creating loads of energy, we call it a happiness buffet. We're gonna show you how to how to identify things that may need changing. We're going to look at the obstacles to change things, pitfalls, and how to flip it on its head and look at obstacles as just challenges and just problems to overcome. That they are just on the way, not in the way of progress. So if you want to get a handle on how you deal with, with change and uncertainty and dealing with stress, click the link below or head on over to flipthescriptonline.com and we'll get you sorted. Remember, we're going to keep you accountable so we make sure you're actually doing the work. You'll be part of an online peer group, an online community that is going to support you, that are going to have the same problems and the same issues that you're dealing with right now. They're going to support you all the way and you're going to have access to more incredible <coughs> information to help you go all the way. So hope you've enjoyed this seminar. Leave us some feedback. Follow us on all other social media. We're Incremental Gains. We're on Instagram or Facebook. We've got a podcast over on Spotify and iTunes, the Incremental Gains podcast. See you again. Stay safe.